brain might just help you learn something in more ways than one. Welcome to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. Dr. Bell is a licensed marriage and family therapist. He'll be your guide on this crazy exploration designed to bring life back to our existence. Can you become the element of change in an ever-changing world? Possibly, but you've got to listen on to find out. Now, here's the host of Absurd Psychology, Dr. Gary Bell. Welcome, everybody. All right, we're going to be talking about binge eaters, and I know we're uh, just leaving the holidays here, and so this is a really good topic for a lot of people that have expanded their diet over the holidays. Um, So, you know, let's kind of break it down. What are eating disorders, period? Eating disorders are uh, psychological conditions with both emotional and physical symptoms, and the disorders include anorexia nervosa, which is a voluntary starvation, uh, bulimia nervosa, which is binge eating followed by purging, and then there's binge eating disorder, which is binge eating without purging, and that's more what we're going to focus on during this particular episode. And the unspecified eating disorders, uh, which is uh, disordered eating that does not fit in any other category, eating disorders occur frequently, but they're not exclusive in, in, in uh, just in uh, affluent uh, cultures. A disproportionate number of those diagnosed are young women in their teens and 20s, but anyone, including young men, older adults, can develop an eating disorder at any age. Uh, you know, among the most baffling conditions, eating disorders uh, take on a life of their own. So that the eating or the not eating becomes the focus of everyday existence. So, you know, there's biological factors involved. There's, there's social pressure. There's family history. And there's dynamics. And these are some of the factors that are associated with eating disorders. And, you know, culturally mediated body image concerns and personality traits like perfectionism and obsessiveness can also play a very large role in eating disorders, which are often accompanied by depression and anxiety and which we're going to go into some of that a little bit later. You know, the treatment for this kind of thing is never simple for these conditions, which in many cases can cause multiple medical problems and uh, even be acutely life-threatening, requiring hospitalization or forced nourishment. And it it can take multiple, uh, multiple disciplinary team of health professionals, including a psychotherapist, a medical doctor, a specialized dietitian, a nutritionist to bring someone to an eating disorder to a full recovery. And, you know, you never want in this field, in the mental health field, you never, ever want to be treating a uh, uh, an eating disorder just by yourself. You want to have the medical community associated and also the dietary. That is always a good factor. You can't just do it all in one in one area. You know, insecurity and uh, and attached individuals doubts and the availability of support in other people. If they don't have that support system and they uh, worry about their own social value. They adopt different strategies for dealing with threats and negative emotions. And so these insecure patterns and behaviors are known as defense avoidance and anxious attachment. So, you know, anxious persons are attentive with respect to signs of attachment figure, availability or unavailability, and they tend to expect separation, abandonment, or insufficient love, and they are preoccupied with the availability and responsiveness of others. In contrast, avoidance style involves denying attachment needs, suppressing attachment-related thoughts and emotions, and they are characterized by self-reliance, 
on an avoidance of an intimate relationships and they devaluate the importance of close relationship because of the shame they feel for the condition of their body. So some anxious people uh, become very, uh, very attached and uh, very uh, clingy and some people that have uh, eating disorders oftentimes uh, just hide and they get more and more secluded as time goes by. And these behaviors are natural reactions to the loss or unavailability of an attachment figure. But once established as a habitual coping strategy, they contribute to the psychological and social difficulties. And furthermore, mental uh, habits uh, acquired in childhood are later played out in adult relations. And so they tend to treat new partners the way they related to past attachment figures. In other words, they transfer their unprocessed troubles and difficulties to their new partners and to their children. And these distorted thinking patterns leave insecure people vulnerable to distress and a risk factor for self-destructive behaviors such as addiction and such as eating disorders. These kind of people may be self-medicating because they have chronic feelings of psychic pain that arise and eating and weight related uh, concerns are defensive methods of directing attention to external problems and goals and to compensate for the feelings of helplessness, insignificance, vulnerability. And for some people with with anorexia, for instance, uh, focusing on the body makes them feel they're in control of the world, uh, particularly when everything else seems out of control. But these are called suicidal lifestyles, suicidal lifestyles. Eating disorders uh, typically begin in your adolescence, and the course of illness usually begins as goal-oriented tasks that aim to achieve modest weight reduction, and and then some modest weight loss is commonly met by positive response from peers and, and from adults, you know, maybe a teacher, maybe a coach, and over time, These positive feelings become associated with weight loss and the coping strategy to confront negative emotions. And so the behavior becomes habitual. Thus, the act of dieting itself becomes rewarding. And fortunately, research shows that a person's attachment system and the sense of security can be changed for the better. For example, a relationship partner who acts as a reliable security figure can restore a sense of of felt security and help the person function uh, more securely. And therapy can also be helpful. Effective treatment via, you know, like uh, uh, reflective awareness or cognitive uh, reappraisal can really uh, facilitate changes in in the person's unconscious mind, which is where a lot of this behavior comes from, and increases the capacity for secure attachments. However, their brain stu- uh, structures, which are, which are modeled by early attachment relations, remain the biggest hurdle in building new, more effective relationships. So basically what it's about is grabbing your life, taking your life in a direction that is not about pleasing other people, but about making yourself healthy. Now, what are the signs of a binge eater? You know, there was a time when the biggest stigma surrounding food was whether individuals would get enough of it. And that was it. And that was the biggest concern. And the reason is because they had to hunt for it. We don't have to hunt for food. It's not hard to get food. And, and that's part of the problem. We're, we, we, are, we ate to survive. And up until now that we have grocery stores and food everywhere, fast food, all this crap that's around us, basically what happens is people are eating for comfort. And that's a sad thing. 
you know, when your stomach is leading your whole body and your stomach is directly connected to your brain, sending messages all the time. And if that message is the strongest message in your brain, you're always going to have trouble losing weight because you're always going to want to satisfy your tummy. Now, now, while arguably this problem does not does still exist in cities across the world and at home, it appears that without overall affluence, as species, that we've inherited a whole new set of potential uh, disorders surrounding food. Um, and binge eating disorder is by far the most common eating disorder in the U.S. and does not seem to favor one demographic over another. And for those of you who have traveled, it is never hard to spot the American. It is never hard to spot the American because they are big, big big and it's it's sad because you go to Europe places like Europe Caribbean Mexico wherever you go you're going to see a lot of people that are living a fairly healthy life yes they're people that are overweight yes they have their population of that they have the binge eaters and they have the problems but by the vast majority of the world we are the biggest overeaters there are in the United States so um you know, it's uh, while most uh, uh, prevalent teens and adults cases have been recorded and people suffering from binge eating disorder of all ages, it's, it's usually characterized by a person who eats unusually large amount of food in a short period of time, usually followed by a feeling of lost control and guilt over the episode. You know, people that eat quickly The body has a hard time digesting and the fat gets stored more generously because the way you're eating is if you are starving. And so the body stores fat because it's getting the signal because you're eating so fast, your body's getting the signal that, oh my God, I've got to save every ounce of this fat that, that they're eating. When you eat slowly, your body's not in a fight or flight mode. And so your body will naturally absorb the fat and dispose of what it doesn't need because it's not in fight or flight and it's not trying to survive. People that eat fast usually have a hard time losing weight. You know, uh, um, in 1987, the DSM, which is the Diagnostic Statistical Manual, uh, listed binge eating as part of the criteria for bulimia, which is an eating disorder where the sufferer takes on the cycle of binging and then throwing up the food. Skip forward uh, to nearly three decades in 2013, the APA released a revised version of the DSM, which declared uh, a binge eating disorder its own disorder, not only helping spread awareness, but also adding legitimacy to the disorder, finally, and it took long enough. So when we look at signs, here's the biggest one, lack of control. At the heart of binge eating, we find people who seem to lack any and all control surrounding their food consumption. And an entire episode of binge eating really centers around eating past the point of being full. Some people do not check in. They eat so fast that they do not check in with their stomach. And if you check in with your stomach, it will be about five minutes behind, meaning you may eat a whole lot but your stomach hasn't sent the message that it's full yet. You have to give the stomach time to process. And if you do that and eating slowly, what you end up doing is getting that signal and and stopping yourself from eating. And then the stomach is not expanding because as the stomach expands, it wants more food. You know, more often than not, binge eaters will start eating even, even when they're not hungry. They simply lack control when it comes to consuming food. They love 
food. And the time frame for binge eating session can last about a couple of hours each day if you add it all up. However, some binge eaters are known also to eat on and off throughout the day. And as such, an individual suffering through that disorder may show desperate signs of needing to control their weight and dietary habits. And this may potentially provide some insight to their binge eating disorder as many individuals who suffer from this uh, issue simply want to control this disorder and they feel helpless to it. They feel like they are a hostage to their binge eating because they formed a habit that once again is suicidal. It's suicidal because as you add more weight to your body, your body has a hard time moving and therefore your body has a very difficult time functioning. So your knees start to go, your arms, you know, your joints start to go, arthritis kicks in, diabetes kicks in, all kinds of crazy stuff, heart attacks, all kinds of, of crazy stuff happens with binge eaters because their body is storing fat at a rapid rate. Eating quickly, once again, I, we, we talked about this before, but when you have a binge eating disorder where you lack control, it, it, which is very often the case, the lack of control can impact the rate in which a person eats. And while a lack of control is certainly at the root of eating too quickly, there might also be some underlying factors that could contribute to it. Shame is a big possibility. With the individual feeling the urge to eat, yet wishes to do it quickly so other people won't see them. Also, eating quickly uh, can further compound some other symptoms, such as obesity. And the faster a person eats, the more food they can consume before they become full. Because once again, the stomach is behind the clock and it allows you to eat more than what it can take. And, uh, you know, uh, binge eating is not bulimia. In its inception, when the notion of binge eating was first introduced, it was directly associated with bulimia, but it is not a standalone disorder. Binge eating is a, is a component of bulimia, but it is a standalone disorder by itself. While people who binge eat do consume a lot of food past the point of feeling full, much like bulimics, those who suffer from bulimia will try to purge the food they've eaten by vomiting. And basically what happens, uh, bulimics over time, uh, they b end up destroying their throat, they end up destroying, uh, yet they're hungry, they end up destroying their mouth, they end, end up destroying their taste buds, and a whole lot of other things by trying to vomit. And that vomiting doesn't always help them. Also, because if the, if the body detects that a person is going to be bulimic and they're going to throw up all the time, the body will absorb the fat first. And so they don't really get through the disorder by doing that. You know, overflow of emotions, binge eating disorder, that's another sign. Overflow of emotions, binge eating disorder is similar to addiction in a whole lot of ways, including the potential for these overflow emotions. Often addicts will report such a rush of emotions after they have used, including guilt, sadness, and disgust. When it comes to men and women who suffer from binge eating disorder, the feeling is very similar. Individuals might fall into self-loathing, feel depressed after they eat. They also feel a lack of power, over-controlling themselves. And uh, they may also feel stress about what this eating is doing to their health and yet are saddened that they cannot stop do anything to do it to stop it and they simply are overwhelmed and the emotions uh, are a post binge 
you know, and, you know, your whole goal when you're taking on a, a, an eating disorder of any kind is to learn what healthy is. It's not all about body image. It's more about what is healthy. What is healthy? You know, when you're an older person, you have to accept the fact that, that this is your adult body. This is your adult body. You're not 16. You're not a teenager, and you're not going to go back to that. But what you do have is what you have, and you need to work with what you have. And the more weight you put on an adult body, the less functional that body is going to become. You know, uh, we don't have the metabolism uh, after 30 that we had it in our teenage years. We don't have the growth spurts that we had in our teenage years. So those, those things and that high metabolism rate help kids that eat too much, but yet this disorder comes from childhood where we somehow think that our body is going to perform like it did when we were teenagers. You know, if you haven't noticed up to this point, many of the symptoms of binge eating are, are interconnected. And they should become very clear after this. Binge eating disorder really alienates someone from their loved ones, from their family, from their friends. Those who suffer from binge eating issues are embarrassed of their lack of control around food and tend to partake in these binging sessions while they are by themselves. And the goal is to try and keep this disorder a secret from other people due to embarrassment. So it is often really hard for those close to them to understand that any that anything is wrong and with no support system, the disorder turns into a vicious, ugly cycle. And sadly, unless there's an intervention, someone to help uh, make the first move, they often uh, fall to the eating disorder, especially binge eating, and could go on years without it ever being noticed if it ever does. And that's why it's so important to keep an eye on your loved ones for the signs as well as give yourself an honest evaluation. Don't feel bad though. We have all overeaten at one point or another, especially during the holidays. So, you know, the deal is you got to deal with it head on. Fast eating is a really strong sign. Hey, this person is not eating for pleasure. They're eating for comfort. All right. We're going to take a quick break. We're going to talk about uh, more signs. And then we're going to go into the process of where binge eating happens. A lot of it happens at lunch when people are at work. We're going to talk about body shaming also. And then we're going to get into solutions. Come back. your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. Dr. Gary Bell is a licensed marriage and family therapist in Southern California, but he is here to help you no matter where you are. Visit drgbmft.com. You can schedule an appointment with Dr. Bell, and many major health insurance plans are accepted. Call or text Dr. Bell today at 951-818-7856 or visit drgbmft.com. Dr. Bell could help you take back your life in four to eight carefully constructed sessions. Stop coping and start living in the now. Call 951-818-7856 or visit drgbmft.com today. Looking on the stars, life is bigger than it seems. 
inspired, encouraged, and connected on our lively, award-winning, healthy living power hour, Star Style. Be the star you are with host and empowerment architect, Cynthia Bryan, live every Wednesday at 4 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Tune in to the Power Party for positive, uplifting, life-changing talk radio. Visit StarStyleRadio.com. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are tuned in to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. If you have a question for Dr. Gary or his guest, please call in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. That's easy enough, but if you want to send an email, it'll take some thinking. Got a pen? The email address is drgbmft at sbcglobal.net. Or you can just click on Email Host on the Voice America page. Now back to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. Welcome back, everybody. All right, we're talking about binge eating. Now, what are normal eating habits? You know, people who seem to have a lack of control or a certain compulsion towards things, healthy or not, they can be very clever and smart in order to get away with what they're doing. In fact, it's just like an addict. It can be incredibly difficult to notice a person who might be suffering from binge eating disorder because of their exterior. Everything will look fine. If a person is a binge eater, they will normally eat regular sized meals, amounts of food in front of loved ones, friends, and family. And this is mostly due to the fact that they're embarrassed by the disorder. So what they, while eating normally in groups of people to hide their eating issue, they binge alone and suffer the emotional consequences of that. Uh, also, a, a person that is a binge eater often hides food. Uh, and uh, they're, you know, they're further, we move on to among the associated symptoms of binge eating disorder. It, it more begins to sound like an addiction to food. In another effort to keep their binge eating disorder under wraps, binge eaters will hide food in places where they can eat it later, alone. And if living with others... This may include spots within their bedroom, areas in their car, potentially at work, and they may even be stockpiling items for a binge eating session later in the day. And if you notice that your partner has a special drawer filled with treats that are often off limits to you, or a co-worker's whose desk is, is a sea of candy wrappers, you might want to keep a closer eye out on that person. And, uh, you know, there's no set meal time for binge eaters. Most uh, people eat on a schedule. Now, by this, I certainly don't mean that everybody eats at exactly the same time. Our society has a fairly regulated time allotment for meals, breakfast in the morning, lunch around noon, dinner in the evening. However, when a person suffers from binge eating disorder, it's more or less take it when they can get it, free for all. And and given as as, uh, we have already established that a person that suffers from this, they'll often experience shame around eating. And this means that they will do it when they can, often in private. And this might not coincide with typical meal times. So they may have the regular schedule of meals, but then they have a lot of things in between. And they, 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 uh, it's very easy for them to spiral out of control 
unable to curb their eating patterns because they have grown so accustomed to eating whenever they can manage to. Now, another sign is obesity. Individuals who have a binge eating disorder never seem full and are not satisfied despite the copious amounts of food they binge on throughout the day. And during the binge eating sessions, while this may cause the individuals to be overweight or even obese, there are rare examples of people who do have this disorder who are normal weight. Unfortunately, being overweight and obese due to this disorder can cause a whole bunch of health issues for these people. Type 2 diabetes, heart disease, uh, cancer, uh, uh, osteoarthritis, gastronomal problems, uh, joint and muscle pain, as well as other issues like uh, high blood pressure, you know, and and, uh, high calories, um, cholesterol, you know, by being, you know, while being obese, isn't in itself a standalone symptom of binge eating disorder. It is certainly one to look out for as a vast majority of, of binge eating disorders are obese. Uh, and th- another thing is they have to buy new wardrobes and yet they can't throw away their old wardrobes because that's what they want to think they're going to motivate themselves to get back into. However, many times these folks have a huge uh, 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 amount of clothes and a lot of them they can't wear because they can't fit into them. And that in itself, just going into the closet is depressing for a lot of these folks. Mental health. You know, uh, a binge eating disorder is a mental disorder with strong ties to physical symptoms. And this means that the root of binge eating disorder is mental. Binge, Binge eating disorder can be strongly linked to those who suffer from stress, anxiety, and depression. So many individuals who suffer from this disorder also have uh, issues around control, a struggle with loneliness, have poor self-esteem, have body image issues. And the problem is the deeper they fall into the mental health problems, the more their binge eating progresses because that is their medication. And so you have to look, look, look out for that. Now, what is this body shaming? You know, we could spend a whole lot of time talking about it. But if you're overweight, it could be... It could be good that you feel shame, you know, won't body shame help you lose weight? Make No, it doesn't. Body shaming is never going to help you feel better and get motivated. And a lot of people shame their friends and family and loved ones for being overweight. You know, uh, it's it's a sad, but a ver- there's a variety of unhappy out- outcomes with body shame. And it's linked to eating disorders, depression, anxiety, sexual dysfunction. Most people... Believe me, a lot of people, men and women, know the pain of looking in the mirror and despairing over what they see. They felt that impact. But nearly every time we talk about this, you know, there's always a version of uh, others are more direct. They, they ask questions like, don't you think shaming people could help combat the obesity e- epidemic? Or aren't you just encouraging people to be unhealthy? You know, no. No, no, there's no evidence that fostering body shame is an effective way to maintain healthy weight or get other people to make healthy decisions. Instead, shame makes you want to hide from the world, lick your wounds, or perhaps soothe them with your favorite sugary, salty snack. Uh, Shame makes you want to withdraw from important activities and meaningful connections with other people. And shame can also be a threat to your physical and psychological health. There's been studies that found that those who feel stigmatized with respect to their body weight, are more likely to report deliberate avoiding of exercise. They don't want to go to the gym and see all these fit people and then see themselves and feel shame for that. 
You know, when you're ashamed of your body, you're not motivated to listen carefully to what it wants or give it the things that it needs. Instead, that feeling of shame can often lead to unhealthy eating habits, comfort eating. Uh, You know, there's uh, the worst way to try to lose weight is when you feel ashamed and depressed and you're not bobbing out of bed in the morning and taking a walk around the block eating oatmeal with berries on your side. It's, it, it's, it's, they, it's some of these people that really have this issue, they're going to go to Dunkin' Donuts. They're not going to eat healthy, you know, or, or go to, to, to Krispy Kreme or whatever you want to call it. Um, you know, when you're, you're uh, regardless of your actual body size, people who feel that they're frequently treated badly because of their weight report more overeating. And once again, this that it's becoming a part of their identity. The overeating and that their weight is now becoming their identity rather than the soul that's living in that body. You know, uh, overweight, in, the, in a study, overweight and obese women were assigned to view either uh, neutral videos showing things like boring insurance advertisers or video containing scenes in which fat women were mocked for their weight and were shown experienced uh, weight-based discrimination. And afterward, the women were asked to complete the questionnaire and give bowls of uh, high-calorie snacks that they could eat as they worked on the surveys. Overweight women, overweight women who saw the stigma-filled video consumed three times as many calories as those who saw the neutral video. Those who promote fat shaming often appear to that to believe that that shame is a magical ingredient that will suddenly make dieting more palatable and weight loss more sustainable. Instead, what often happens is that the sadness of the body shame leaves is in the wake promotes behaviors like binge eating. And in the end, feeling ashamed of our bodies makes it more difficult to take good care of it. Now, where does it happen? Well, oftentimes it's at work. Nearly 10% of the workforce in some studies have reported binge eating at least once in the past month and nearly 5% reported binge binging four or uh, four or more times in the past month according uh, to a wellness and prevention study by the Johnson & Johnson Company. The, the large-scale study published in April issue of the Journal of, of Occupational and Environmental Medicine also found a significant association between binge eating and low work produ- productivity. Binge eating is defined as an overeating combined with a sense of loss of control, and that study included 46,818 men and women. You know, it, it was not expected that to find that nearly 1 in 10 people in the sample reported binge eating behavior, but that was what was found. 4.7% of the individuals reported regular binge eating, defined as four, four or more times in the past month, and another 47 reported binge eating at least once, but less than four times in the last month. You know, though reg, regular binge eating is more common in women, it's high in men. Nearly 8% of men binge binge at least uh, once in the past month. And there's a perception that eating disorders are female disorders, but this study uh, really repudiated that, you know? And, and so some, uh, 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 also the study estimated that a company of 1,000 employees would lose $107,965 in productivity annually due to binge eating. Moreover, binge eating is a major contributor to obesity, a fact that's not widely known. And guess what? People are now being punished 
by insurance companies for binge eating, for that unhealthy behavior, smoking, drinking, binge eating. They're tracking everything. They give you bonuses and they, they cut your rates and give you money back based on how healthy you are. And the fact is that people that have binge eating problems are going to pay a higher price on their insurance. You know, binge eating people are also more likely to experience a medical and psychological uh, problems, and workforce knows this. Obese employees also report more sick days compared to non-obese employees, and these factors all add to a loss of productivity. So people that have binge eating disorders are less employable, less employable, and they have more sick days, and they have more issues, and they have more problems and less productivity. And this, this is from a, a scientific study. And so, you know, you have to take this kind of stuff seriously that you become less of a good provider if you're going to be a binge eater. You are more vulnerable. You know, r- routine medical examinations and even weight management service may not include screening uh, for binge eating. But, you know, you really want to get awareness. Uh, and believe me, employers are very aware of how healthy is their workforce because that's what they are looking for. They want healthy people that are productive, that take care of themselves, have good self-esteem. They're not looking for the binge eater type of person that is going to introduce a lot of bad habits to work. You know, cognitive behavioral therapy is the strongest uh, research as, as far as supporting. But it all, you know, what this does, this cognitive behavioral therapy, it focuses on helping people develop stable eating habits and identify the triggers that cause the binge eating. So they're taught techniques to, to resist the urge to binge and to develop healthier strategies for coping with negative emotions and other triggers. And, you know, you've got to give to yourself in order to give to other people. And a lot of people put other people first. Binge eaters oftentimes are givers. They're pleasers. And so what they do is they forget to take care of themselves because they don't look at themselves in the same light and value that they look at other people. So um, what is the psychology behind binge eating? Well, a lot of people will say I was out of control. I couldn't stop. I had to finish the whole package. It was like a, a, a wild hungry wolf took over my eating. And these phrases are familiar to those of us who, who those people who struggle. We all know too well that fe- the feeling of being a, a, in a wave of eating that can't stop, even though we know we should stop. You know. So how does a person stop binge eating? Well, the 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 shame, the guilt, the feelings of self hatred that can uh, a, a accompany the binge eating means that many binge eaters are not talking about their behavior. We want to keep it quiet because it's embarrassing. And the more quiet, as we talked about earlier, the worse it gets. And so the challenge is, is that our diet culture is still giving us a message that if we just had enough willpower, we could stop binge eating. But really, if the tough it out and just resist the urge diet mentality was the path to stop binge eating, uh, would so many people still be in the painful loop of eating more than what they need and eating uh, and want to be eating? You know, if uh, fad diets and popular just do it approaches are not the way to stop binge eating, then what are we supposed to do? Well, there is a institute for psychological eating. And what they do is they teach that their out of control behavior is the body's way of sending us a flare. That, that it wants to be noticed. And the symptoms are that we're experiencing in our body from a simple ache to, to binge eating 
are ways that our body is speaking to us. And so when the symptoms are loud, like pain or I can't stop eating, our body is doing more than speaking. It's yelling. Our body is screaming, red alert, red alert, notice me now. And we believe there's important lessons to be learned from that. So, so that signal is an indication that you are mentally going through something that is hurting you. And that physical pain is being comforted, not just physical, that mental pain is being comforted by the food. You know, it may sound too simple to be true, but, but there's a science behind this. You know, uh, um, when we slow down and breathe, we begin to bring attention to our body in a curious, non-judgmental way. We are activating our parasympathetic nervous system. And, and when our nervous system, also known as rest and digest, is active, we have that it's all okay relaxation feeling. And when we're eating in that state of mind, our body is absorbing food differently. It's only calling for what you need under the circumstances. If you're feeling safe, if you're feeling relaxed, and if you're feeling comfortable, there's no need for the body to, to inherit a lot of fat or take in a lot of fat. You know, it, this it's all okay response is very powerful because what it's meaning is I'm just eating. I don't have an emotional connection to eating. I'm eating to live instead of living to eat. And the deal is I'm just satisfying my body, which carries my soul, and I'm trying to function as a human being. And so when you make eating a part of your soul's journey in life, and that means eating well and en enjoying what you're eating and being creative about it, you know, the, what's great about that journey is you become healthier. You have a healthier relationship to food. But you have to make peace with where your body is. Don't judge it. Our life is a process. And so when your body is where it's at, that's where you're at. That doesn't mean where you're going to end up. And we do change. And your body is asking you to change when you're out of control with your eating habits. And also, if we ritualize our binging, we really uh, tune into the pleasure of our food and it's much harder to ignore our body and override the I'm full and that's enough for now messages because we are eating for the fact that it's pleasureful and we're looking for that to be the highlight of our day. You know, if sitting down at the table and talking to your family is the goal of eating dinner, then the dinner does not nearly become as important. And so that emotional connection to food is the one that you want to break. All right. Take a, we're going to take a break. We're going to come back. We're going to talk about a whole bunch of steps of how to stop binge eating. Come back. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. Do you like what you're hearing on the show today? Dr. Gary Bell wants to help you no matter where you are. He's fast, efficient, effective, and has a no-bull approach to helping you in less than 10 sessions. If you're ready to change right now, drop everything and call or text Dr. Bell at 951-818-7856 or visit drgbmft.com today. You can also follow Dr. Bell on Twitter at drgbmft for some great insight and direction. Are you ready? Make that change. Pick up the phone or go to the site, 951-818-7856 or drgbmft.com. Remember, drgbmft.com. 
Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. You are tuned in to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. If you have a question for Dr. Gary or his guest, please call in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. That's easy enough, but if you want to send an email, it'll take some thinking. Got a pen? The email address is drgbmft at sbcglobal.net. Or you can just click on Email Host on the Voice America page. Now back to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. Welcome back, everybody. All right, we're talking about binge eating, and now we're into, we've, we've broke it out. We've gotten into some of the psychology, some of the symptomology and all that stuff so you could kind of understand how to identify it, how to look at it. We've even talked about some solutions. But, you know, let's seriously talk about how a person can stop uh, binge eating. You know, another diet is not the answer. There, there's a good chance that a diet is what spiraled you into binge eating in the first place. You know, in, in, in the past, a lot of people will experiment with several diets, low-fat, low-carb, numerous others. And when they keep looking for that diet that would end all the confusion, it basically escapes the binge eating disorder that you've developed. But usually diets don't sustain themselves. And so what happens is... Uh, it has to be a lifestyle change, not a dietary change. Because when you diet, you spiral down. Yes, you lose weight sometimes, but then a lot of it's water weight. And then what happens is after that takes place, after you lose a little bit of weight or a lot of weight, we gain it all back. And the reason we gain it all back is because we're no longer on the diet. And so the deal is with diets, diets are, are temporary. You want lifestyle change. You want dietary change that you can sustain for the rest of your life. That is the most important way to, 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 look, to uh, look at this. You know, the people uh, that, that they binge and they, they go into the binge, they bloat, and then they go on a diet, and then they binge, and then they go on a diet, that is very unhealthy. It's very unhealthy for your heart. It does an enormous amount of damage to your body. And uh, it is very difficult on a person's self-esteem. It's very difficult on your wardrobe. You know, um, think uh, about the, uh, uh, think, think addic- addition instead of restriction. Don't think about foods you should limit. For example, if you love ice cream, you know, you know it's something you might not eat every day. But instead thinking, oh, I better not eat ice cream every day. Instead, I choose to focus on the foods I get to eat every day. I make an effort to include a wide variety of foods in your regimen. So um, if you can... Focus on a restriction just leads to various types of cycle of binge eating. Don't think about restriction because it makes things worse. So ask yourself, what are some of the foods that you can add to your meals? You can make an effort to choose a food from multiple food groups such as vegetables, fruits, meats, dairy, nuts. Make sure you choose foods that are, are, are new foods that you may want to try. And, and you know what? Becoming a good chef, becoming a healthy chef can really change your life. Uh, Loving to cook and loving to sample and try different things instead of making the same meals that have got you to the position where your body is now, what you want to do is you want to look at being creative and try to find ways to make chicken or meat or whatever, you know, seafood. Very creative ways that that, that are low calorie and make it something that you enjoy 
and make it something that your family can enjoy because if you can learn how to eat healthy, you can model that to your family. And that is going to be a great thing. You know, um, you also want to stop trying to be perfect. You know, if, if uh, you are a self-proclaimed perfectionist, you're more likely to develop an eating disorder. And, and uh, perfectionists managed to, to get straight A's in college. They refused to settle for, for less. And as a result, that same attitude goes towards nutrition, which leads people to, to the disorder of eating habits. And the more, more you become a compulsive binge eater, the, the, the best the, you want to have the best foods. You want to have the foods like pizza and the things that taste the best. That, that gets you all messed up. Perfectionists focus on an obsession and they ritualize it and it becomes something as their life. You don't get to perfectionism without rituals. And so people that have them tend to have a problem with their eating disorder because they've turned it into a ritual. You know, uh, perfection is basically the enemy of good. You want to get it in the ballpark. You know, most of life... And almost all of life is not perfect. And we as human beings are certainly not perfect. And to, to strive for that is a very depressing thing. You know, when you look at where you are with your body, you want to go to, I would prefer to be skinnier, but I'm not. But here's what I'm going to do to fix it. And when you do that, make it an all-in proposition. I will. Not I'll try. I will. I will take on this disorder and change my rituals and change my eating habits and I'm going to take control of my body. It's not going to take control of me because your body will hold you prisoner if it cannot function. You also want to stay off the scale if you're a binge eater. Many people who battle binge eating weigh themselves a whole lot and and the number does not indicate your self-worth. The number does not tell you what's really going on with your body and it does not indicate your success because that number does not define you. You know, um, and, and you need to be able to, once again, if you're in binge eater, you need to get over minor setbacks. You know, if, if, if your binge eating is something that happens and you stumble and you go back to that habit, well, don't, you know, fully commit yourself to depression and shame and sadness. Understand that it's a one-off. You were triggered by something, but you're going to go back to your healthy habits. You're going to go back. And you celebrate the victory of going back and living that healthy life and celebrate the victory that you've conquered. And if if you've gone to the binge eating even more than once or twice or three times, you want to celebrate the victories that the times that you didn't. Because the more you don't, the more that becomes your way of life and you recognize the reward of not binge eating and what it's doing to your body to make you healthier. So it's very easier to be forgiving of yourself, but you also have to celebrate the fact that you are getting more and more successful at it so that you don't discourage yourself and stop. And you also, if you're going to stop binge eating, you uh, want to ditch the rules about what foods to eat, what not to eat, when to eat, and any other rigid rules. Instead, learn to listen to your body. You don't need a book to tell you what foods to eat in, in even when to eat. And I, I'd encourage you instead to eat real, whole, natural foods most of the time. Eat when you're physically hungry. Learn to do something other than turn to food when you're gripped by emotion and want to eat. 
and it may take some time to do that, but in re- if you relearn your natural innate cues of physical hunger, your stomach will tell you exactly what you need to eat that day. If you're not hungry but want to turn to food, make an effort to do something else. An idle mind is often hard to combat, so try doing something physically active. Get out of the house. Go for a hike. Have a good conversation with a friend. And by the way, 20 minutes of brisk cardio, meaning a, a fairly efficient walk, is 60% of an antidepressant, a mild antidepressant. So if you want to self-medicate, the best thing to do to combat uh, dealing with binge eating is to continuously give yourself more and more medication, which is making dopamine and serotonin by doing cardio. The more cardio you do, the healthier your brain is and the better chance you'll have to combat the depression and the anxiety that is actually driving the binge eating. You know, food may be fuel, but it, it should also be enjoyed. It's just fuel for the body. And and as a result, some people don't care how their food tastes because they're eating exclusively for the fuel aspect. And and if if you love food, that's great. But love food that fuels your body. And and try the whole food is fuel approach. And and as a result, healthy foods you might uh, strongly love. And you might begin to feel that those are the most important foods in your life rather than what is tasty. You know, if you call you say, tell yourself, okay, I love sugar. I love sugar. I love sweets. And you reinforce that. You're a person all about sweets, all about sugar. Well, then what happens is you reinforce that in your character and you drive yourself towards eating those things. And those things hold a strong power over your life. If you stop identifying and labeling yourself as someone who likes or loves sugar, then basically what's going to happen is that is going to lose power and less identity towards you, and it will not run your life. You know, um, if you know what you have a strong emotional identity with food-wise that's unhealthy, delabel it and stop calling yourself the person that likes those things because the more you do that, you're, the more you're going to slip away from those unhealthy foods. You know, celebrate healthy foods. Healthy foods are good. You can, you'd be surprised. I mean, people that are gluten-free, for instance, that diet has no grains, no wheats, no, uh, I mean, there's a whole lot of things involved in it, but the bottom line, it's a pain in the butt. But the fact is that if you move your diet towards something like a gluten-free where your body can't have gluten, then basically what you're going to have to do is make peace with it and accept the fact that this is the way it's going to go and then you make the best of it and you'd be surprised how good uh, some some of that is uh, for your life. Also, protein. Protein is a big, 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 big factor in going on a uh, diet. If you have lots of protein, you're going to give your, your body the best shot at digesting healthy. And protein is a great thing. And having a, lots of meat with protein and less fat is always going to help you. Chicken is a great thing. Uh, fish can be a great thing, especially salmon. They have all of the elements that we need. And, uh, you know, doing that... Your, your belly fills up a lot faster, and then what happens is your body is not craving that bad crap all the time because it's too full to get it. You know, also, you want to have a very positive support system. 
you know, if you're presented with somebody that says, well, it's not a big deal, you know, just because you're bigger doesn't mean anything's wrong. You look fine to me. If you don't look fine to yourself, that's all that's important. What you want to do is you want to find people that have a healthy lifestyle and get inquisitive and find out how did you do it? What are you doing? How did you change? Why did you change? What's going on? Um, you know, and, and so what you're going to find is our our body is a work in progress and we want to get the people in our life that have the kind of body that we're looking to have at our age. And so, and we're all uh, shaped differently. We all lose weight differently. We all function differently. But the fact is you want to have people that are getting it into the ballpark of what you're looking to do for yourself. Okay, you also want to focus on actions and not outcomes. You want to, if you want to stop, you know, proclaiming I want to stop binge eating is not enough. You're far better off focusing on actions that you can take consistently that will lead you in that direction. Come up with some actions that you can perform on a weekly or even daily ba- basis. You know, stock yourself, your house with real whole foods that you enjoy. Perform three strength training, training workouts per week and focus solely on what you can do. Engage in fun activities one to three times per week. Focus on eating your meals slowly. Uh, Say one positive thing to yourself every morning and every evening. Smile. Smile, smile. Smile in the morning. Smile in the evening. If you can do that, you may wake up with a smile and you may go to bed with a smile. And once again, you want to savor your food. So eat it slowly. Don't gobble it down. You know, um, how to handle the binge foods. You know, different things work for various people. But, you know, what you want to change is... Those foods are off limits by any means. By, by doing it that way, you are basically learning to deal with not having those kind of foods. You know, ice cream, don't have it in the fridge. You know, if you're going to enjoy it, enjoy it guilt-free in, in moments that uh, it, maybe you didn't eat a whole lot in the day and, and you're doing it as, okay, I, I'm dying for some ice cream. It's a one-off. I'm going to have it, but I'm not going to go crazy with it. You also want to stay away from rapid fat loss approaches. You know, this can really mess up your body. It's a quick fix mindset. And remember, you want to focus on daily actions that you can control, such as positive self-talk, cooking homemade meals with new foods, focusing on your performance with your workout, confiding in friends and other things like that. That That is important. You also want to be patient. If you're going to go into this, you know, if you're going to go into this and do it as a fat weight loss, your body is not understanding what it should be doing. You want to do it slowly, not rapidly, because you can give yourself a heart attack. You know, your body takes time to adapt to change, and you need to respect that. So does your brain. So a quick weight loss is not going to just willy-nilly make all your bad habits go away. People that do rapid weight loss usually gain it back quickly. But if you can be patient, if you can be kind to yourself, if you can know that you're going to slip up, or if you can, can do controlled sli- uh, slip-ups, you're going to succeed a lot better. You know, you want to look at stop focusing on the fat loss. You want to engage in very positive self-talk. And you want to be confident in yourself. And the more you lose that weight, the more confident you're going to become about your self-control. That's our show. Our next show is Overcoming Shyness. I'd like to thank everybody for listening. I'd love to hear from you. My email is drgbmft at sbcglobal.net or Twitter at drgbmft. Now, remember, 
What you eat in private, you will wear in public. Binge watching and binge eating together are a growing trend these days. And remember, one excuse for binge eating is a noble cause to grow our country's food service employees and drive down the employment rate. Thanks for listening. That's our show for this week. Please join Dr. Gary Bell for another edition of Absurd Psychology next Friday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Now, go impress your friends and family with what you've learned today and have them tune in next week so they can be almost as smart as you. We'll be right back.